You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff, and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. I'm one of your co-hosts, Leah London, and this week's episode, we are talking about the notorious snapback post-pregnancy. Despite what society says, what is realistic? Where should the emphasis and focus be? And how to create your own timeline? So, snapback. What do we think snapback is? How do we define a snapback post-pregnancy? So, I think kind of just a, a general, I don't know if there's, if there's um, a textbook definition or a dictionary definition, if you will. I don't know if there's a Webster's on this, but how I see it in my mind is returning to your pre-pregnancy weight, physical shape within a very short amount of time um, is what comes to mind when I hear snapback. In my mind, it's always about weight, it's about physical appearance. Yeah, I agree. I think it's about finding what you were before. But honestly, my whole thing through my journey as a mother is trying to get better than what I had before. So I feel like sometimes it adds extra pressure. But yes, definitely. Can I get my body back? Can I get my even my energy back my vibe back? You know, how can I find that and then amplify that? Yeah, I think you bring up a great point, Jaren, when you're talking about energy because we often think snapback is just limited to that physical appearance. And society puts a lot of pressure on kind of reverting back and doing it as quickly as possible, even though, you know, you're, you're getting to the state you're in, in terms of the pregnancy at, at its fullness, it can take up to 10 months. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes the, from my perception of the concept, it's always like the fastest, but then fast is like mm-hmm. a matter of weeks when it took 40 weeks, you mm-hmm. know, to get to that full state. And but but going back to what you said, Jaren, I love that you're talking beyond the physical, right? Like energy level is a big thing. And now yeah. with kids, like it's you, it's uh, an outlet that's like draining you. So how do you still like how do you do that, which takes a lot of work from you? but your energy is being exerted elsewhere. That mental snapback. Yes, for sure, for sure. So how do you, like, how do you even navigate that? How do you, how do you get back? Should we be getting back? Is it, is it reverting back to who you were or is it really our mindset should be shifting to this new us, this meeting who we were and who we're, growing into becoming? So I definitely think um, it's necessary for us to, I think in many stages in life, if not all, it's necessary for us to look forward rather than back. 
not that you don't look back and, and take things that you've learned in the past and use them in moving forward, but I think it's always important to look forward. And so I think it's no different in this situation, right? You're, you're saying <laughs> snap back, or, or we say as a society snap back, but you all have mentioned things that, um, that involve us kind of moving forward. Jermaine, you're saying it's, it's your energy now. Um, Joya, you, meant, you mentioned the mental aspect. And so I think that is something that we are wanting to address is that snapback does not need to be limited to physical appearance, that it needs to um, encompass all of who you are as a person, all of who you are becoming. So to your question, Leah, yes, what we are becoming, I think is, is more necessary than what we were. Because if you want to snap back to what you were previously, previously, you didn't have kids. Previously, um, your mindset was very different. Previously, um, your uh, spiritual or emotional state was very different without children. So all of that changes. So I think we are <laughs> maybe snapping forward. Amen. It's <laughs> a better term, but that sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not quite as catchy. <laughs> you know, I like that. I, I think um, I think it's a false dichotomy to think it's either we snap back or we jump forward. And I think it's and both, right? This is one of those moments where we, we I cannot afford to lose who I was before kids. You know, um, my essence and all of that. You know, I have to carry that forward with me throughout my life because those things really resonate with the core of who I am. And so it, you know, to your question of how do we do this, that is the $1 million question, because I think that's something that a lot of moms struggle with is how do I stay true to who I know myself to be and who I've known myself to be long before I had kids? How do I pull that forward with me? Um, and, and whether it's in the physical realm, spiritual realm, emotional realm, mental realm, like that's the question, like how do I carry myself forward through this new episode or this new chapter in my lived experience? And um, I'm sure we've already found ways to do that, though. You know, if we were to think about our own experiences as moms so far, um, it's hard, but, but I think the more we stay cognizant about it, the easier it becomes. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really like the way that you broke that down, Jaren. So I have a question. How soon after birth did you begin to feel like yourself again? How, you know, once you get through that period of just being a new parent to either your first baby or, or second, third, fourth, like when did you begin to feel like yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, um, oh, go ahead, Joya. For me, it was a year, a year. And it sounds horrible and it sounds like a long time, but it really is not. It goes by really quickly. Um, but I just reached my mm -hmm. year point with Logan and um, I'm feeling alive again, y'all. Praise God. <laughs> y'all, I'm getting out of this bitter angriness, this, like frustration and irritability <laughs> and mostly just at myself, at my poor... Mm -hmm. You know how I handle situations poorly due to lack of sleep, you know, <laughs> and exhaustion. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I had to be self-compassionate because I was like really hard on myself this last time around. Like I've been through this before. This should be easier. Um, and, and also, I guess unique to me, I, I was with each um, after each year point or during that time, I, I was going through it 
a move, a transition, moving for my husband's job. So added stress, mm-hmm. right? Um, however, and for the mental and for the physical, like people talk about breastfeeding. Oh, it'll get you right, girl. Just breastfeed. Uh, bruh, breastfeeding made me hungry. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I was like, where the snacks? Lies. You know, so... <laughs> Nah, it took a year for my body to start (laughs) dropping weight. And honestly, just like in a natural way, but it took a year. It was a crawl back, not a snap back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes, I think for me, so I'll say this. I remember distinctly with, with my first child, with Justice, um, I remember distinctly after I had a good nap. It was like the first good nap that I got since I had delivered him. And I woke up feeling like a brand new woman. Now, I didn't feel like me, but I felt like a person again. So like after my first good nap, <laughs> after delivery, which was about mm-hmm. six weeks out, <laughs> I woke up feeling like, oh, I'm a person. Okay, I'm not just a zombie or just like a a milk producing factory. So I felt like a person again, Mm -hmm. but then I still didn't really feel like myself. And I don't remember when I got to that point after my first pregnancy, but Joya, like you said, um, a year. So I really am now starting to get back to feeling like myself. And again, it wasn't a nap, but it was like the first full night of sleep that I had in such a long time because um, I still am breastfeeding Sanai a bit. Um, we're, you know, weaning off, but she's 18 months now. And I was staying up late at nights to pump, just trying to maintain my, my uh, milk supply. So I was not getting full nights of sleep. So again, it was when I got that full night of sleep. So it's now about a year and a half, 18 months that I am starting to feel like myself again. Like, oh, hey, dishes? I could do dishes. What was wrong with me? (laughs) And what was wrong with me is I wasn't getting full nights of sleep. Right. (laughs) So I was just running on, you know, on um, sleep deprivation and um, just on autopilot. So 18 months is about where we're at now, and I'm starting to feel like myself again. And that's crazy. (laughs) But it's real. I shouldn't say it's crazy. That's real. Yeah. It is real. Who is it that expects people after having, being the mammals that we are, after having birthing something legit out of our bodies, who is it that expects us to get back to whatever it is, like, within a few weeks or even a six months? Like, that's, whoever that, like, that has to be a standard set by folks Mm -hmm. who are not mothers, right? I mean, where did that come from? By men. Yeah. (laughs) Um, our government, our workforce, um, yeah. Society, social media. Yeah, come on now. Yeah. So six weeks, they expect for you to be back and at it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I think maternity leave, ha- I mean, that, that has an expiration date. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like in terms of continuing life as quote, unquote, normal. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's reassuring to hear because um, I am a new mom. My twins are, um, as each of you know, six uh, months. And so to hear that, you know, it is a longer journey than what I feel like I've been exposed to as the norm is refreshing to know. 
Um, I vividly remember my twins month doctor's appointments. I think that was like um, maybe five weeks out or so. And I remember that was the first time I felt like a human again as well. Um, and I remember I was able to, I mean, of course I still had, you know, the belly, twin belly, but I remember I was like, you know what? I woke up feeling really good that day. I was like, you know what? I'm about to put on a little heel to go to this doctor's appointment. Like, <laughs> come on. Hey. All right now. Like, Give I still it. remember my mom kind of doing like a double take, like when I walked out ready, you know, like she was like, wow, you look great. Cause I had squeezed myself into a uh-huh. romper that I was able to fit pre-pregnancy, you know, put on my little heel and was like, all right, we're ready. Um, but it felt so good because granted I hadn't been wearing heels like all my pregnancy. And Mm -hmm. of course the month after giving birth, I had nowhere to go. I was at the house, but like to be able to wear heels and like, it was just like a little sliver of like my previous life, you know, like it felt (laughs) so good to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, um, it was definitely a slow journey. Like I didn't really know, I mean, you can read books and, and hear other people talk about like the weight journey and your body still adjusting in that fourth trimester. But to actually like experience it, I don't know. It's just like, I felt like it was a much different thing. I, I was able to just naturally lose majority of my baby weight uh, within three, four months and I used to get comments by like random people, whether it's in the store or, or just on my way to the doctor's appointment or what have you. And I remember just kind of like feeling like very awkward because I didn't know what to do with it. Like I didn't know what to do with that. Like, I don't know. It just felt like I, maybe they thought it would make me feel better, but it made me actually feel just more awkward because I just didn't know how to like navigate that comment. But, um... I would definitely say it took me that month mark to feel like myself again, to to feel like Leah, like at, at my core, and then to to feel like, okay, I got this in terms of I'm ready to then take on the next, all everything that's going to come beyond this. I think it's similar to, um, you know, how some women get the compliment when they're pregnant, like, oh your tummy's so small. You know what I mean? To a woman who's pregnant, that may not necessarily be a compliment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I've had friends who've had that experience where they're like, what do you mean I'm small? Am I not eating enough? You know, there's always that. Someone always has an opinion. You know what I mean? Mm, yes. You know what bothers me? What bothers me about that is, so I call it like the unicorn effect, right? Nobody ever likes to be singled out, whether it's like, oh, girl, you so big right. or, oh, you so small. Right. Like Either people one. don't like to be called out. And so that really bothers me. I don't like when people comment on, I'll speak for myself. I don't like when people comment on my body, whether I'm pregnant or not. And, um, <laughs> you know, I have had that experience where throughout all of my pregnancies, if you see me from behind, you will never know I'm pregnant until I turn to the side. Cause all I was was literally belly and huge belly. Right. And so I would have comments about that. Like, Oh my goodness. You know, people commenting, you know, basically either saying that I might have it too easy or have it easier than others. And it's like, you don't know 
what I'm going through and you don't know how I'm experiencing this pregnancy in my body, mm-hmm. right? So for example, with all of this weight, center gravity, my hips, I had hip problems every single pregnancy that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but then fast forward to a time when I wasn't pregnant, I remember being um, post my third child and I had this lady in church literally come up to me and rub my belly saying, oh, I heard you were pregnant. And it's like, no, it's like, no, I'm not. She's like, oh, come on. Yes, you are. And she's rubbing my belly. And I pushed her hand down. I said, no, I'm not. You're thinking about my sister. My sister's pregnant. Have mercy. Wow. Right. And so what that shows is, y'all, my snapback still ain't come yet. (laughs) Like Third, fourth, like. I'm I'm slim and I still have that excess belly. And so I've had to really kind of work on myself inside myself around my my body image issues that have sort of exacerbated after having babies. Um, But I just don't like when people comment on my body during or post a pregnancy. And I know people mean well and sometimes they have good intentions. Sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. But I think as mothers, I think it goes a long way for us to learn how to respond to those things in the moment in a way that really honors our values. And we don't have to be mean about it, but especially like me, I have older kids. They're watching, right? Right. They're listening. They're looking. And so it's important to set body boundaries, right? No, you can't talk about my body. No, thank you. You can't rub my belly. No, thank you. You can't. right? Right. So, you know, thank you. But that wasn't really a helpful comment, right? I think I think we can find ways to respond. But sorry, that's probably for another topic. (laughs) No, that's good. That's good. And I think that I think that still ties in for sure to this topic, because I think um, when you think about the physical aspect of the snapback, you know, the question is, why is that something that we are so um, as a society, you know, as a whole, why are we so obsessed with this and why are we so focused on this? Why is it so appealing, you know, that when I Google it, it pops up right away? how to snap back after pregnancy, you know, how to get your baby, your pre-pregnancy body back. Why is that so appealing to us? Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, if I'm honest for myself, um, my physical appearance is something that's important to me, probably to a fault. I'm not even going to say probably, to a fault. Um, so when I, when I was pregnant and I did get comments like, oh, you know, you're all belly. Like, to me, that was exciting. And... I realized that it was a problem for me because when I did not snap back, spoiler alert, after pregnancy, um, I didn't. (laughs) I still have not snapped (laughs) anywhere. But, um, you know, when that didn't happen, then I had to I had to have, you know, a moment where I was like, oh, why am I so bothered by this? Why is this such an issue for me? And I think the reality is because. I was so excited about those comments about, oh, you're all belly. Oh, you didn't gain any weight for, you know, for my second pregnancy. Um, I got some of those comments. And I think for me, I was putting way too much stock in that. Um, I think I think we have to reevaluate. I can speak for myself only. I think I have to reevaluate, you know, what it is that I... Um, what it is that I value. Is it the praise of other people? Is it approval of other people? Is it acceptance of other people? And of course, that should, in my belief, never be what drives us. But I definitely was putting too much stock in that. So So in response to your your question you posed around like, why is it so appealing 
um, you know, why is society so locked into this? But I, I think it's it's the pregnant version of perfection on just society is constantly looking for perfection, right? There's so many there's so many things geared towards physical perfection that um, I just think it's just a pregnant version of that obsession. So I think that I understand where you're coming from in terms of reevaluating stock, but I also like, I want to feel confident. And yes, I know that I just gave birth to two beautiful children, but my confidence I had to remind myself, but my confidence was still impacted. Like when I look in the mirror, what I see is very different than what it was before, you know? And even though I've been able to drop the weight, still like the body is not the same. And so it's like kind of like rebuilding that confidence and loving the new you, which I don't believe happens overnight. I think that you have to define what your snap back or snap forward, as you mentioned earlier, Aaron, like you have to define what that looks like. Um, because I don't think it will ever be, well, I know that it won't ever be a, a full reverting back to pre, um, because it can't be like you had that experience. You'll never go back to that, but it is something that I think you can work to define. And from there work towards that. Like, what are your goals? Um, and I think that's a large part of it is is putting weight on the goals that you set and not necessarily what society has set for you, because a lot of those are unrealistic. That is um, how we should shift this conversation, right, or the conversation in general. I don't think a snapback or a snap forward or, you know, any of that should really be f- focused around weight. Because here's the thing, you know, the weight is going to be affected by so many different factors. Um, Genetics are going to play a role. Um, You know, your weight gain during pregnancy is going to play a role. Um, Your your pregnancy itself and, you know, potentially did you have pregnancy complications, that's going to play a role. Uh, what type of delivery did you have? So there are so many factors that are surrounding weight that I don't believe that that should really be, um, you know, the focus of a snapback or any transformation. (laughs) Do we really have to call it a snapback? No. Any transformation um, postpartum. Um, For me, I think it's necessary to shift the conversation from weight to more of... um, as we've said already, you know, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, um, that doesn't negate the fact that physically, yes, you do need to be well and you do need to be whole and you do need to be fit um, after pregnancy. Um, So, you know, regular exercise is necessary. Activity is necessary. You know, a healthy, balanced diet, especially if you're breastfeeding, but not only that. You know, all of that is necessary to be whole. Um, but it is more than the physical. It's your mental state. It's your um, emotional state. It's your spiritual state. It's all of that. So for me, I don't think that the weight is necessarily what needs to be the focus. I was definitely going to touch on the perfection thing. Um, you know, society, society, you know, seeks perfection and everything. But what, what is that, right? Because 
beauty, subjective, all that stuff, right? Um, and even most of the social media that we see, we see these beautiful models, who, which I love now. They have um, kind of like the contrasting photos. So the first one is like them posing, right? That appears to be perfection. And then the next photo is like them not sucking in and not posing and they look like everybody else. You know, I feel like it's important for us to kind of be real with like, hey, this is just life. You know what I mean? There is no perfection in this. It just is your absolute best, you know, Um, like everyone else. I've struggled with, you know, the weight gain and, um, you know, because you want to be attractive. You want to be you want to feel good about yourself, but. You also have to, again, going back to that self-compassion and understanding, whoa, well, you know, for me personally, I actually had for both um, deliveries, unnecessary episiotomies. So the healing process for me was slightly different um, than if it were like, you know, completely normal birth or, you know, whatever. So. So I know there's a lot of like mom shaming that ties into just the pregnancy and the the initiation of the journey of being a mom. So how do we, you know, like what insight or what advice can we share so that someone doesn't feel like that's a place that they're in, where they're shameful of the progress that they've been able to make. Maybe it's not as far along as they'd want to. And of course, society, we kind of just see the physical. We can't see the mental. We can't really see the emotional. We can't really see the spiritual. But how do we how do we emphasize those aspects that aren't really seen and steer away from the obsession and putting that stock into the physical um, journey of snapping back? How, how do we how do we put equal weight on the other elements? You know, I don't know if I have a great answer for that, but one thing that came to mind as you were talking is just the importance of realizing that our value structure might be completely different from the values structure of those around us. And so I know and have heard of and have read of some moms who, after they deliver, I mean, they're back in the gym, they got the belly binder on, they are eating completely right and you know and no no shade I don't I'm not knocking that but we have to understand what our value system is and so for me I might not value gym time you know might not value that over making sure that my family has a good meal to eat or spending time playing with the other kids because yes mommy's been down with the new baby right and so you know, the choices that we make play into how and how we snap back and how quickly we quote unquote snap back. And in terms of shame, we have to embrace our own unique and individual journey around this, understanding that our values are our own. And the day that we start prioritizing somebody else's value structure over ours is the day we lose. Right. So just being really clear about like, look, what's good for you is good for you. What's important for you. Let that be, you know, for me, here's how I need to operate. So if it's getting myself spiritually right, getting myself physically right, getting myself emotionally right, whatever that is for you, be authentic to that. I agree. I think it starts with realizing that everyone's journey is their own journey and not um, projecting onto someone else your own ideas and your own values. And I think 
also it starts with, I think it starts with showing yourself uh, that compassion. I think, Joya, you said that um, earlier on when we were talking. Um, showing yourself compassion, showing yourself grace, allowing yourself <laughs> the, um, the space to, to be human, you know? I think our expectations for ourselves are a lot of times what we project onto other people. And so I think if we can start with ourselves saying, okay, hey, I need to allow myself time to be human, time to heal physically, if it's the physical healing that needs to take place, um, time to get back to just feeling like a person, <laughs> get some sleep. So I think if we start with showing ourselves that love and that compassion and that grace, then I think hopefully that it will also naturally overflow to other moms and other women. Yeah, being open about what we're each actually experiencing and not holding up that facade of oh you know I'm this or I'm that but being I feel like that's why the village you know the women in the community are so important our tribe if you will you know because you can see like okay I'm not alone okay I didn't snap back okay so what okay you know other people don't snap back or, or whatever we crawl back and, and knowing like I said like, that you're not alone I and like what that. really is and being able to accept what is, um, I feel like that's the first step in being able to change it, you know? Yeah, I definitely like that. And, and I love, Jaren, your point earlier about the authenticity and helping to define, you know, authenticity and defining for you and remaining true to your values. And I love your point, Joya, around ensuring that you have a mom tribe and just ensuring that you're 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 actually seeking truth and realistic possibilities. Um, you know, we on this podcast, we want to talk about the real stuff and not just the good stuff because I think that motherhood, though it's beautiful and though there are such amazing aspects of it, there's also things that are hard to discuss or that aren't glamorous. And that has to have, in my opinion, as a new and young mom, like that has to have light on it so that those who are new in the journey as well can get a realistic expectation on what this journey is and what it can be. Because that's the only way you're really prepared up front. If you're only showing the glamorous things, if you're only showing the glitzy things, if you only see those pictures on Instagram, the perfectly um, curated photos, you know, it, it's it's very unrealistic. And then and then the shame creeps in because you're not keeping up with a situation that was completely staged. So um, I definitely think it begins with um, defining those things internally. And I think our responsibility as moms is to ensure that we continue that conversation so that those who are on that journey to experience this in the future, their eyes are open so that they're able to see what it does take and um, that the things, the not so good things, the real things are also highlighted as well. 
this was an awesome conversation and I feel like it lends really nicely to our next topic, which focuses on postpartum depression. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, please don't miss this. Tune in for our next episode. We will break down postpartum depression and share some of our experiences along with some tips that might be helpful. So don't miss it. Thanks for listening to Growing in Motherhood. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other mamas just like you find the show. We also encourage you to even tell a friend. And if you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, we invite you to follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time, bye.